It's time again for your Portland Morning Brew. Casual conversations with business, city, and community leaders and influencers. Get to know your neighbors. News, views, and events, all centered around our community. Now here's your host, Troy Holden. And welcome back to the Portland Morning Brew. This morning, we're talking with April Sermons, who's at Luttrell Staffing up in Franklin. And you might think, well, what's that got to do with Portland and the Portland Chamber? Well, we're going to get into that here in just a minute. You might be surprised. Good morning, April. Good morning. Good to have you. We are just pleased as punch. And uh, as I'm not technically ready this morning, I get my headphones on where I can actually hear you and lock my speakers out. It's just one of those days. I don't know what it is. I think it's uh, uh, people don't know when we record, but we're recording the day after the election. And uh, I got up this morning trying to see what happened and think they still aren't 100 percent sure. And yeah. And uh, so I was digging through that this morning and kind of got behind and I apologize. That's OK. You're fine. But um, let's. Let's talk about you a little bit first. Uh, are are you originally from the area down this way, or are you originally from up, up around Franklin? I am from neither. I'm actually um, a Florida native. Um, mm-hmm. I have been in the South Central Kentucky, uh, Middle Tennessee region uh, for about 10 years now. Okay. Um, so I'm pretty immersed in the area at this point, but mm-hmm. all of my family is still in Florida. Um, oh, okay. For my daughter, my, my daughter and I are the only ones that are here. Okay. Um, so I do sp- still spend some time um, in in the central South Florida uh, area. So okay, okay, yeah, yeah, that's nice. I'm sure it's uh, a lot nicer down there in the winter than it's going to be here. I got um, a feeling after this weekend it's going to get yeah, rough. Yeah, yeah, seems like it's going to be a little bit cold. Yeah, we're enjoying. Uh, my dad always called this Indian summer that yes. we would get. Yeah, we'd get yes. this late, and it's been. Lo- it's just wonderful outside yes, today. It is. Um, so, uh, having been here ten years, has staffing always been your thing, or or is this something you've just been doing the last few years? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I came from a background in um, real estate management um, mm-hmm. in the HR field uh, before. Um, I did that a little bit. Um, I worked at U.S. Bank when I first moved up here as a um, like a sales representative, a loan sales representative, mm-hmm. um, and then quickly moved into this genre. So I've been with Luttrell Staffing since 2014. Okay. Um, now, so- I, I remember um, I, I, we had a family business when I was younger. Uh, in Murfreesboro, and we sold industrial sewing equipment to factories. A lot of mm-hmm. people might remember we used to have sewing factories in mm-hmm. the United States, and I know Portland had a a pretty decent one up here on Broadway called Tennessee Shirt Company. Um, back in those days, I remember temporary firms kind of starting up, and this was probably uh, late eighties, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it just seemed um, like it was coming into play. Yeah. So um, Luttrell Staffing um, used to be quality personnel. Uh, we rebranded as uh, Luttrell Staffing just a few years ago, but we actually got bought out by Luttrell Staffing, which was mm-hmm. at work personnel at the time in 2014. Um, okay. But quality personnel as a company has been around um, over 40 years. Wow. Um, yeah. So um, it was actually started um, in uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky uh, by Sandy Bassard. Um, mm-hmm. And so she just had 
when I started, we just had the Kentucky offices. Um, right. And then now, since we um, were bought out by Electoral Staffing Group, which used to be at work personnel, we've got over 40 offices nationwide. So what's what kind of sets Luttrell apart or being different? Because uh, I know each it seems that each type of place has their specialty or what they mm-hmm. cater to. What do you guys mm-hmm. cater to or what makes you different? Um, I think what really makes us different is that we are relational. Um, we, we definitely focus on, um, client and employee relationships. Um, we want to build that foundation before we do anything for you. Um, we do, uh, mostly light industrial. Um, we do have some heavier industrial clients, but we can do pretty much everything. Um, I can do drivers. I can do, uh, we are starting to kind of foray into the healthcare sector a little bit to kind of see what that looks like for us. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, of course, anything from assembly to production to pick pack to forklift drivers you, know, you you name it we can pretty much do it at this point um but i really feel like what makes us different as a company is um our service um we we are very service minded um i want i'm always at the forethought of everything that I do is my relationship with that client and my relationship with that employee. Mm-hmm. Um, we strive to get rid of the attitude of a temporary agency. We tell everybody we are not a temporary agency. We are a staffing agency. Um, basically, what we are doing is we are covering the probationary period for that employee for you. So instead of having to hire them in through the door and spend your man hours to cover their workers' comp cost and their payroll taxes um, and all of that, uh, we do that for you uh, to make sure that that employee is vetted. We do nationwide background check for you. We do their drug screen. We do um, all of their, you know, like I said, workers' comp payroll taxes, all of that is covered by us. Um, So that the hope is, is that by the time they've reached the end of their probationary period, which usually is about 90 days, then they have proven themselves a good employee and you roll them over to your payroll and they continue on with your company and have a successful career. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the thought process behind it. Um, okay. I think when, when, temp, when staffing agencies or temporary agencies first got started years back, it was a churn and burn mentality. It was, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to come to us if you have someone who's got to be out for a couple of weeks or you have someone who's on maternity leave or you have um, a huge order that just came in. And so you need 10 or 20 extra manpower that week to get that order out the door. Mm-hmm. It was not the thought process that we're actually going to keep these people. So it's that more is, more temp to hire. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much everything we do is going to be temp to hire. We do have some one offs every now and then where someone will call and say, hey, I've got somebody that's got to be out mm-hmm. or, I'm, you know, just filling a need. Um, but typically everything that we do is temp to hire. OK, let's let's talk about the labor market a little bit and let's look at it from two perspectives, uh, pre-COVID, post-COVID. And I know there's also uh, there were also changes in the labor market, you know, several years ago mm-hmm. as a person who formerly ran decent sized facilities in this area, 
um, there was a lot of revolving door syndrome going on mm -hmm. and especially in the Portland area. And, and maybe you can help us put a, a, a feeler or a finger on part of this as to, you know, the same, it seemed like there was a handful or a, a large group of people that would work here 90 days. They'd go here 90 days. They go here 90 days. They're just going from plant to plant mm -hmm. versus being able to go in and stay. And is that more of a, the plant environment and they were just turning people over? Is that more of what's just been going on in the industry <clears throat> over the last couple of years since COVID has happened? Or, or how do you guys see that? I think it's both. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I do think that, um, unfortunately, the manufacturing sector does have a tendency to still They'll they'll have that huge push for okay we need um, 120 people but then in 60 days all of a sudden that has changed and mm -hmm. and so then they're laying everybody off um, and of course you know your temporaries are going to be the first ones to go um, I do think that that is still happening unfortunately um, I, I'm not going to try to deny that that it that it is because. That's the nature mm -hmm. of manufacturing, mm -hmm. unfortunately. It is. It um, is. You know, and and if you've been in it yourself, you know that it, it's a, it's just the way that they do their manpower. It, mm -hmm. It's part of their model. I don't necessarily agree with it, um, and we definitely have some clients um, as a company. Thankfully, Franklin does not have any of these clients, but we do have some clients as a company as a whole that definitely use more temporaries than they do full-time. Mm -hmm. And they do that on purpose because they know that then they have kind of that disposable group of right. people that they can lay off at will and then call them back or, you know, what have you. Mm -hmm. um, but I also do think that there has been a huge shift in mindset of people that are in the labor market. Um, I do feel like we, we now have a sector of people that have the mentality that if I don't like this, I can walk out and I can go down the street and I can mm -hmm. find something else. Mm -hmm. um, so there's no, there's, there's no mentality of um, sticking it out. Or trying to see right. if I like this. Right. If right. if they're if they're day two in and and they just don't like it, they walk. I don't. Yeah, I don't I mean, like the supervisor. I don't like their yeah, attitude. They're just yeah. out. Yeah, you know right. they don't even right. they don't even try at this point. Right. Um. It, it's a, and I think you know I think some of that speaks to, um, I read an article a few months ago that talked about um all of these mass exodus that people were were going through mm -hmm. you know people are leaving companies at, at, a, at a at a rate that they've just never seen before mm -hmm. um and a lot of people that were polled were saying that it was a culture issue yes. they're they they are tired of the culture they're tired of being treated poorly they're tired of not having good benefits they're tired of not having good pay i think that you know when when people got laid off for covid and they figured out that they could survive other ways, whatever those other, mm -hmm. whatever those other resources mm -hmm. were that they Guilty. chose to, <laughs> that they chose to seek out. They figured out they could make that work, right? Right. 
And right. so now when you're trying to pull them back into, you know, a work sector environment, they are, they're very picky and choosy and mm-hmm. they feel like they can be. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like that a lot of the places that are offering these bonuses and things like that, um, I think it's helping get people in the door, but it's not helping with retention because right. like you said, after they reach whatever qualification they have to reach for that bonus, mm-hmm. they're leaving Done. and going on to the next place. Yeah, they're done. And I, and, I, and I think that is it it escalates as you go up in responsibility because um that's one of the things that, that I went through after COVID was um other people leaving, well, can you help do this until we get mm-hmm. somebody else? Yes. And next thing you know, you're doing the, you're doing the job of three people mm-hmm. and you're you're not getting any more and you're not getting, you know, you're working more hours and more mm-hmm. stress and they're not able to hire replacements yes. because the replacements come into interview and sometimes right, wrong, or indifferent, they put you in the room with them to interview and they're mm-hmm. asking you about your workload and you're not going to sit there and lie. Right. You know, you're going to tell them you're going to work hard. You're going to do this. And they're like, "Mm, that's not really what I'm wanted to do. Yep. You know, you're exactly right. Absolutely. And I do think that, um, you know, speaking back to that, I think a lot of long timers that left, you know, talking, talk, kind of speaking back to that mass exodus that happened after COVID. Mm -hmm. I really feel like a lot of people felt like, um, okay, so I worked the entire time. And got mm-hmm. nothing but extra responsibility with mm-hmm. zero money. Mm-hmm. And now you're offering all these other people, all these bonuses and all of this extra money. Exactly. And, and so exactly. I, I do think that that is. Um, it's a sore spot with people. It, it really is. It's, it, it, it is. is a sore spot. Um, I, I don't know what companies are going to do to get, get culture back and get things in order. Thank goodness. I mean, I, I'm admittedly 59. I was not ready to retire, but when I went home and sat and looked at this, I thought I don't have to drive every day. That's mm-hmm. this much a week. I don't have to keep buying certain clothes. That's mm-hmm. this much a week. I don't have to go eat lunch every day. That's the, holy smokes. Look what I'm spending mm-hmm. a week going to work. Yeah. And I could make half as much and be twice as happy. Yep. And, yep. I, and I think you're right. That's what people are analyzing. Now, how that works across the board with everybody, I don't know. That's tough because there's I, I, some days I just wonder how some people are surviving. Oh, absolutely. But, um, I do too. Especially because, you know, most of the people that, that I see personally on a day-to-day basis are very entry-level people. Mm-hmm. These are not the people that were making the big bucks by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, I'm, I'm the same way I look at them and I wonder, but I think that some of that speaks to, um, unfortunately the generation that Mm -hmm. you're you're dealing with, you know, I I, I, I typically, typically on a, on an average, I deal with people that are between the ages of probably 18 and, 35, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Huge and, and difference. So some of that's generational. You know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, we all know that today's generation does not always have the same work ethic as those. Right, the past. right. They're, they're more tech focused yes. in things on that. And I think it makes a difference. We all grew up, I mean, it, it, people at my age down in their 40s, mm-hmm. you know, we grew up, you had to go to work. Absolutely. Uh, I started young, working when I was 15. And, yeah. Same here. Mm-hmm. Well, I was actually 14 working in a Ponderosa restaurant and, 
And I, I and I didn't stop. I, you know, I still haven't stopped from mm-hmm. the age of fourteen. Yeah. And it was it was Brett, but it wasn't just that. You came home and you worked. Absolutely. You had to do stuff at home. Yes. You know, I had to to mow the yard. My dad traveled. I had to mow and we yes. had, you know, a little five acre mini farm and mm-hmm. mow, bush hog, keep things up, keep fences cleared. You did we it actually, all. We actually trained uh, cutting horses. Um, mm-hmm. So so it was the same way for me. You know, I worked yeah. full time. Um, I actually left school when I was 15 to take care of, to help take care of, of sick grandparents, uh, worked full time, went to night school to get my high school diploma and did work on the farm. There you go. That kind of stuff. So it it is, that's a different mentality. It it is. And, and I think, you know, I think parents these days want the kids to have it better than they had it. And they go a little too far. Mm -hmm. No, you just don't hold them accountable and make them do things. And I've tried really hard with mine. I had uh, two children that were born in the eighties, the mid eighties, and they were raised that way. And then my last one who was born much later than that. I won't get into that. He just turned 18 and graduated, but, <laughs> but he, uh, he also has been raised that way. And, and it, it thrills me at 18, he's working full-time at Lowe's and doing online college courses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it thrills me that he does that. Now, is he the best at keeping his room clean and, and doing things? No, but he'll always ask, do you need help this week? Weed eating I'm off such and such day. And, yeah. and I just can't, tell you how much that thrills me because mm-hmm. I see so many that don't do anything. Absolutely. Yeah. My daughter is uh, 21. She will graduate in May from Tennessee Tech. Um, she's going uh, to nursing school mm-hmm. um, and she was she was that way. Um, she started working as soon as she could. Um, she worked her tail off during high school. She took uh, college classes. She actually graduated with enough credits that she was a sophomore in college. Technically, when she graduated high school, mm-hmm. um, she was valedictorian of her class. She's wow. always worked hard. Um, she started paying her own bills at 16. She's never asked me for a dime. She I mean, and That's it's, fantastic. And it's because I raised her the way I was raised. Right. Um, you know, I never over pushed. But I always raised her that, you know, mm-hmm. you, you get what you work for. Right. And so if you want something, you need to work for it. Yeah, there's there's a lot to be said for old school. And I, and I don't know if we'll see things return to that. I, I laugh because my wife just this year has started looking at online banking and making sure stuff clear. She still keeps a checkbook register just like yeah. her mom and dad did. She yeah. does all the things the way they did it. And I like that. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's good. Yeah. I, I really hope to see things. Return back to Return how they were, but, yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah, but I, I don't know. For I don't see. know. <laughs> Never know. Never know. Let, let's lean on the on the employers a little bit. What what can they do better right now to hang on to people and to keep them interested in their facility and their culture? I think um, there needs to be a bigger focus on internal growth. Mm-hmm. I think when you bring someone in who's entry level that has zero skills you need to make that person feel like they're still part of the team. You need to make that person feel like that they are not just here filling a spot, that they that that your intention for them is to learn where they're at, but grow. Right. Um, I think interview processes need to be driven more toward what are your goals? Not not what did you do before you got to me, but where do you, where do you see yourself 
going and mm-hmm. why do you want to be a part of this company? Right. I think that those are the kinds of questions that we need to start asking. You know, right. traditionally when you're interviewing somebody, a lot of times it's more about, you know, well, what can you do for me? But mm-hmm. I think that we need to to really start opening up conversations with people about what we can do for them. Mm-hmm. What are they looking for? What are they really, you know, because not only do you want to make sure that 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 you're a good fit for them, but you want to make sure that they are a good fit for you. And so right. if, if we can find that out on the front end during the interview processes, mm-hmm. I think it would cut out a lot of the unnecessary back and forth. Right. Um, you know, I, I do think that entry level pay, un- unfortunately, is going to have to raise in some sectors and in some area. Um and that's just due to inflation. I mean, you know, let, let's just be real about it. You know, when you're looking at right. a country who right now is at what, 8% inflation mm-hmm. and, and probably rising, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you have to start thinking about that. You have to start thinking about um, even with a two income household, I'm a one income household and I, I'm barely making it. Mm-hmm. So you you have to start thinking about those things that right. you know I have to be able to 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 pay them a livable working wage. Well, unfortunately, what was a livable working wage even 3 years ago is not now. Right. And and right. so there has to be something to bridge that gap. You've got to either start thinking about incentive plans or uh, some type of a bonus structure to help them or raising the hourly rate. The unfortunate problem with that is that we all know it's a merry-go-round, right? So you start Mm -hmm. talking about raising entry-level wages. Well, then you have to start looking at everybody up the ladder. Right. Then you have to start looking at your cost of goods and you have to start looking at your profit margin. Mm -hmm. So then it, it, it all becomes unbalanced. And so I think that unfortunately, it's just going to take a lot of conversations and a lot of meetings and a lot of crunching those numbers Mm -hmm. to find out what's going to make it work for your company. Um, But I do think that right now, that hourly wage is what's driving a lot of people. Right. Right. If they if they can go two factories down the street and make three dollars more an hour, they're gone. Then they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I saw that tighten up a little bit the last few months that I was, uh, that I was working public, um, that everybody was almost at the same rate. Yes. It seemed like in the area, it was really, yeah. really close. And then yes. of course, where I was at, they had to jump theirs because they were, like you said, behind mm-hmm. and had to jump. Yeah. Um, let's, let's touch a little bit here at the last about our younger folks and, and we've been beating on them a little bit and I don't want them to think it's it's just that, and I don't want the parents that are listening to think that, but I want to encourage them as to some things they can do in their part-time jobs as they build a job record, as they work into the labor market, some things they can do to help themselves uh, land these better positions or work in these better places. And a couple of the things that you know are very uh, simple to me is be there every day, be on mm-hmm. time, have the, have a good attitude mm-hmm. and, you know, be, be prepared for that. What other things could we tell our young folks? I think um, the biggest thing for us that we see is communication. Um, so unfortunately, our children have been groomed to be uh, technology driven. Um, technology is a wonderful tool and it has absolutely helped advance 
every profession out there, mm-hmm. undoubtedly. But what's happening is that these kids don't know how to talk. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to express their needs. They don't know how to express their wants. They don't know how to, um, in some cases, some of them can't even, they don't know how to make eye contact and, and look someone in the eye when they're talking to them. Mm-hmm. Um, the importance of that is exponential. If you walk into a place and you can't even look someone in the eye and shake their hand and say, thank you for this opportunity, you know, um, what, what am I doing today or whatever the case may be, that's huge. That that's a big thing, you know, um, just being able to have a conversation and being able to communicate effectively with people, um, being able to, you know, you don't have to have a huge vocabulary, but more than one word answers, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, an employer who's talking to you, a supervisor or, you know, team lead, line lead, whatever it is, um, they want to feel like you're engaging with them. Right. Ask questions. Be mm-hmm. curious. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't understand something, ask questions. If you're not mm-hmm. getting the answer that you need from that person, then go find another one. You know, you those are those are things that are your responsibility. I think that, you know, too often people feel like it's not their responsibility. They 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 think that, you know, they walk into a place and they're supposed to just be provided with everything that they want and need on a silver platter. Right. Sometimes you have to ask questions. You've got to dig mm-hmm. in. Um, and I do think, like you said, attendance and punctuality is huge. Um, the way that you dress is huge. You don't have to dress. In a, you know, dress appropriately for the job that you have, but dress nicely, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, yes, neatly. Let, let's let's have on clothes that fit us and that are, you know, worn properly. Mm-hmm. Um, don't, don't sleep in them and get up and come to work. Right. Doesn't it, work. It, it's a, you know, it, it, and no matter what job you have, I don't care mm-hmm. if you work at True. McDonald's or if you work as the president of the bank, you know, mm-hmm. you should still, you know, it goes back to that, that whole mentality of, if you want someone to respect you, then you have to respect yourself. You you, you right. have to show that that you're putting in that effort. Um, right. It goes far. And and please, please, please just show some initiative. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's all we're looking for. That's all we're mm-hmm. looking for is show a little, you know, ambition. Just talk mm-hmm. to me a little bit. Let me know a little bit about yourself and, and mm-hmm. who you are and what you want and what you're interested in. I think that that's huge. I really yeah, do. I- I can't tell you how many times um, when I was doing this, interviews were scheduled and people just didn't even come to the interview. They were right. they were great on the phone. Yeah. Couldn't can't wait to get there, and the next day they don't even show up for an yes. interview. Yeah. Happens all the time. Happens and, all and, the time. And I know it's it's harder these days. Uh, a lot of um, a lot of folks don't grow up in this way, but in this area, I see it more than I used to when I lived down in Murfreesboro, which was a very, you know, large town. It was a small town when I grew up there, but it became a large yeah. town. But here in in Portland, if I'm going into Mapco and there's a young man in front of me, he'll always open the door 
and he'll say, go ahead, sir, mm -hmm. or something, which uh, still at my age, sir, scares me. I don't know why. I said, no, you can tell my dad that, but not yeah, I don't me. like it when people call it, me ma'am. I'm the it, same it's, way. It's I'm hard. Like, <laughs> it's hard. But you know what? I walk through that door thinking that was a very respectful, nice young man. Yes. And, and that really makes an impression on us as, as, you know, whether you're 30, 35, 50, whatever you are, it makes an impression. So folks do that. Don't be yes. afraid of that or ashamed of that. It's very respectful. And it doesn't yes. even have to be, yes, sir, no, ma'am, whatever. Just kind, casual and make eye contact mm -hmm. and just be just be a nice person. It's not yes. that hard. Be and, a uh, good human. <laughs> yes. And it's amazing. There are so many people that think everybody's out to get them because they've had bad experiences yeah. at other places. And they're not. There are some really great places to work. There's some really great people out there yes. that are supervisors and managers. Yes, you're going to run into the occasional you know, a whack job. They're mm -hmm. out there, you know, they're out there they and they uh, unfortunately may be at a company that tolerates it and they're very productive. They just aren't great communicators and you just have to work your way around that. You're going to face that your whole life. Absolutely. So, uh, so dig in, dig in, dig be in. better. Yeah. Be better. Uh, always try to be twice as nice as whoever you're talking to and it'll work out. Yep. It'll work out. Absolutely. Well, I, I think we've hit a lot of really good topics today. I hope everybody listening has enjoyed it, um, especially those out there in the uh, all of the distribution centers and factories in the area. Uh, you guys uh, can be reached, and we'll hit that here in just a second, how they can reach out to you. Yes. But some wonderful, wonderful points here. And uh, I got to talk about stuff that I halfway knew something about today. That was kind of <laughs> nice. That was kind of nice. April, thank you so much. Let everybody know how to reach you and how to reach your office. So we are located, uh, physical location is 101 South Main Street in Franklin, Kentucky. We are right on the historic downtown square. Um, you can go to our website, which is just lstaff.com. So the letter L word staff.com. Uh, my phone number at the office, 270-586-6666. Um, you can find us on social media. Um, you can look me up on social media. Uh, believe me, I'm I'm so plugged in with the Portland Chamber. I feel like I should be on their payroll. So um, <laughs> I'm always out and about doing something, um, whether it be in Portland or in Franklin. So um, we are definitely around and I would love to talk to anybody, whether it's, um, you know, a on a client level um, mm -hmm. or if anybody out there is looking for work and wants to call and have a conversation. I'm always open. Okay, great. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy day yeah. and have a good one. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all. This was the Portland Morning Brew with Troy Holden. If you'd like to be a guest, reach out to the Portland Chamber of Commerce. We'd love to have you on the podcast. Be sure and visit the Chamber's Facebook page for more information. Thanks for listening and join us again soon.